Just like to welcome everyone joining us for our live stream today. This is only one part of our service here at Chelsea Community Church in City Temple. If you want to be part of the whole thing via Zoom, drop us an email or you can come and join us in person. We worship at 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Chelsea Community Church. Today I'm very, very excited uh, that Gisela Ravello is going to be bringing us the Word of God. So welcome, Gisela. It's over to you. sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermenting drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepare for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. 
and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his word and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Let's pray and just ask the Lord to speak to us this morning. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful, Lord, that we can all gather together today listening to your word. We ask you, Lord, to prepare our hearts to hear what you want to tell us to be sensitive to your word, Lord. Father, there are things that you want to speak to our lives. There are things that you want to encourage us to do, things that you want us to, to listen carefully, Father. Help us, Father, to, to, be, to have the attitude that Mary had, to be obedient to your word, not to doubt what you called us or what you've said that you will do, Lord. Father, forgive us when we doubt. Forgive us for our, our unbelief, Lord. Father, we pray today, may your presence fill us. May your presence um, guide us to what you want us to do. Father, may your words be sown into, good, uh, in, into our hearts and may it bring fruit. May, may we produce fruit, Lord, in everything that you've given us, in everything that you do, uh, in, in the words that you sent for us, Lord. Father, we ask you this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So. Um, I have, I've titled it, uh, Waiting for the Coming of the King. But I really, um, like today, I want us to focus on, on Mary and on Bethlehem. 
I, 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 don't, I don't know, I found like a little comparison between the two of them. Because when we, when we look at uh, Bethlehem, where Jesus was, where there was a prophecy where, you know, that's the town where the Messiah will be born. That wasn't the town where Jesus would, would have been born normally because not Mary, not Joseph lived there. But because of, of circumstances, and God always uses circumstances to do his will. And those circumstances, sometimes we find them uncertain, and sometimes those circumstances kind of makes us um, throw us off from what we were supposed to do. You know, you're, you have a, a vision or you have a goal of, of what you want to do, and you're going there, and you're walking towards there. And then all of a sudden, sometimes God throws things our way that you have to divert and you get upset because that wasn't the intention, that wasn't the purpose, that wasn't what you were supposed to be doing, you were supposed to go this way. But obviously we don't realize that it was God who allowed those changes because there were things that he needed to do in our lives, in his greater purpose. So that's how I see, you know, with, with Mary and, and Bethlehem. Um, um, when we look at her life and we see, um, you know, the, the people of Israel, they were waiting for a Messiah. They, they were eagerly awaiting every year. They knew that the Messiah would come and they were waiting for him. They're still waiting. Many of them don't know that he's already come. They're still waiting. But back then they were really eagerly waiting for the Messiah. And, I, and it made me think that sometimes the Messiah was a gift that was, God was going to send. And sometimes, you know, we are waiting for something that God has told us he wants to do in our lives. Something that we are expecting. It's not like, you know, we're we just walking in life and all of a sudden, oh, something amazing has happened. No, we, we are eagerly awaiting for something. But we are waiting in our way. We are expecting it our way. And sometimes when the gift happens or when the, you know, like in this case, when the Messiah came, it didn't come the way they expected it, and they didn't accept it. They didn't realize that the greatest gift was already given to them. They, they missed it because they were waiting to receive it in a certain way. And I think that's where we need to be careful, not to lose or not to miss, that would be the word, not to miss you know, the gift that God already has for us because it, it didn't come the way we wanted it or the way we were expecting it. Um, I don't know if you ever, uh, ever heard of this, I don't know if it's a joke, but this man was stranded on an island and he's praying to God, you know, God, um, send me someone to save me. And then a boat comes by and the boat says, you know, come over. He's like, no, no, I'm waiting for God to save me. Then a helicopter comes over and the man says, oh, no, 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 I'm waiting for God to save me. And months got by and the man just dies. And he, was, he kept on waiting for God to save, but he didn't realize that God sent him. He answered his prayers, but he just didn't, he didn't get it. He didn't get it because of the way they came. And I think I don't want us to make that mistake that when God sends us what he is saying, he wants us to receive that we miss it because it didn't come the way we expected it. So uh, I think, I hope next week when the children are asked what Advent means, they will know, they will remember because we are saying it all the time. It's the arrival, it's the coming. And it's something interesting because 
We are not just waiting. We're not waiting for Jesus to come for the first time. In our case, we are remembering that he already came, but we're also waiting for him for his second coming. And his second coming, it's not going to be anything like the first coming. The first coming, he came as a humble uh, uh, child, unknown to many people. The second coming, everyone will know that it's him. In the second coming, everyone will see him. Every eye will see him because he will come in the There's no way that anybody can mistake him. The second coming is a different way. But meanwhile, you know, we have to prepare our hearts for, for, for his coming. Now, Bethlehem, what, is, what, is, what, is, what was so important about Bethlehem? The, the town of Bethlehem means house of bread. In Bethlehem, we see the story of Boaz and Ruth, and, uh, and that's where obviously David was born. That's why it was called the city of David. In Bethlehem was where Samuel anointed David to be king. Um, in, in Bethlehem, uh, David's men lived in that town. And Bethlehem, back in, in, the, back in the time of, of maybe David, it was, a, it was kind of a very popular town. It was well known. But by the time Jesus was born, it became like a small little town or a small village, unknown, unknown to many people. And the prestige and the glory of the past had been forgotten. And in Matthew and Luke and John, they mentioned this. They said that Jesus was born in the humble town of Bethlehem. And the way, the, 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 how I compare this also to Mary, because Mary was an unknown person. Mary, Mary was just a regular child. She, she wasn't a, a, a woman or, or she wasn't a woman that everybody knew in town. It was an unknown person. She, she only, I think there is some qualities that we can see in Mary. And that's, that's, that's the things that I want to share with you this morning. Um, that maybe we, we should look into her and, and maybe also learn from those things that she trusted God. And something that we see is that um, the first thing, Mary overcame her fears and trusted God. I mean, I, I've never had a supernatural encounter with an angel. I don't know if any of you have. But, um, you know, I, I just thinking about that, you know, if an angel was to come, a supernatural being appears to me, um, I think, I, yeah, I think I will be afraid. I would be afraid, first of all, because I don't know what that, you know, angel might look like. You know, we have an image of an angel and it's a nice image. You know, we, we, we imagine an angel with wings, a beautiful face, uh, you know, that's how we imagine the angel. But I don't know what an angel really looks like because, you know, the Bible sometimes shows us images of, of these creatures that God created that are weird, many eyes, many wings different faces and it's you know i don't know what an angel might look like but anyway she overcame her fear and she trusted god when the angel appeared to mary she was surprised by his by by the way he spoke to her you know the, the way he he said to her uh, she said that the salutation or the greeting kind of threw her off but i think also the angel appearing to her probably threw her off the angel said don't do not be afraid and there's something here that i, I was looking you know in, in Luke chapter 2, 19 and Luke chapter uh, 2, 51, the Bible says, so when Jesus was born and the, and the um, shepherds came with to, to, you know, and told her, you know, we came here because the angels appeared to us. The Bible says that Mary kept these things in her heart. 
And in verse 51, when Jesus was in the temple and he was having this discussion with all the, you know, the, the, the men in, in, in the temple, at the end he says that Jesus kept these things in her heart. There was something about Mary that she, and, and kept these things in her heart mean, means to consider, to look back and forth, to evaluate. And I think this is something that sometimes we need to do. We might not understand everything right there and then, and I'm sure when Mary had the angel appear to her, she probably didn't understand, you know, what all of this meant. But she kept, you know, she kept these things in her heart, evaluating, considering, looking back and forth, meditating on these things, not sharing with everyone, not going, you know, one place or another. What do you think this means? What do you think this means? What do you think this means? That's not what she did. She kept it in her heart. She was evaluating. Maybe she was talking to God, God, I don't understand what is happening. But I, I, why did the angel say this? You know, evaluating, meditating. And I think that's one of the things we need to learn to do. Um, she, she was a brave young woman who, because what you see, you know, in, in this chapter, we see how the same angel appeared to Zechariah, and then the same angels appears to Mary. But when the angel appears, appears to Zechariah, Zechariah kind of doubts him, and the angel kind of says, okay, you don't believe this is going to happen. This will be, you want a sign? Okay, you'll have a sign. You won't speak until this happens. <laughs> Whereas when Mary asked the angel, she believed, but she just said something that was a fact. You know, how am I going to have a baby if I've never been with any man? And then the angel says, no, the, the Holy Spirit will come, will overshadow you, and the being born from you will be the Son of God. There was something different in what she asked the angel to what Zechariah asked, or the way that Zechariah spoke to the angel. She really believed that God, whatever God, is, God um, said will happen. And she actually says at the end, she says, um, I am the Lord's servant, in, ver in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be, be fulfilled. She saw herself as a servant for God. And that was, that's an important thing. Now, Mary, probably when the angel said to her, you know, you will have a baby, she didn't think it through completely to everything that it meant. Because back then she was betrothed, which meant that she was engaged, ready to be married and, and uh, to Joseph. And the fact that she was pregnant and it wasn't Joseph's baby, and even if it had been Joseph's baby, she could have been faced to be stoned to death because that was part of what they would do back then. Deuteronomy chapter two, 22 says, if there is a betrothed virgin and a man meets her in the city and lies with her, well, then you shall bring them both out of the gate of that city and you shall stone them to death with stones. The young woman, because she did not cry for help, though she was in the city, and the man, because he violated his neighbor's wife. So you shall purge the evil from, the, from your midst. So this was something real for Mary. But I don't know, that's where her faith really stood high for her. You know, faith is not blind. Faith in God is not blind. When you know that you're doing God's will, God will back you up. So this woman really uh, was able to overcome her fears and trusted God. The second thing I see in Mary is that she believed God. Mary believed God. You know, being a young girl, being a female at that time was a, one of the greatest disadvantages. <laughs> being a woman, being a young girl. But she did not see herself as being disqualified to be used by God because God spoke to her. 
And I think that's one of the sometimes the mistakes that we make as children of God. We think, oh no, it's my background. God won't use me because of my background. Oh no, oh no, God won't use me because of my ethnicity. Oh no, God won't use me because I'm not prepared. Oh no, God won't use me because I am too little, I am too young. Oh no, I'm too old. Oh no, I am too busy or whatever, you know, thing that we can put before believing that if God said to you, he knew why he chose you and not the person next to you. God knows how he wants to use you and why he wants to use you, but he won't force you. God will, God, God will never force what he wants or his purpose in our lives if we don't accept it. So I think that's something very interesting in her. She did not see herself as being disqualified or even qualified. She just believed, okay, you say it, then I'll do it. I, I am your servant. May it be done to me according to your word. And I think that's one quality that we need to learn to do. God, if you said it, I, I don't know, you can say it to yourself. I don't think I'm qualified. I don't think I'm ready. Uh, I don't I don't trust myself, but if you trust me, Lord, I'm going to do it. I'm going to that will be a step of faith. I'm going to do it because you said it. Not be, I think maybe sometimes actually if we believe too much in ourselves and we believe that we can do it and this is easy, then I will be worried because then you're 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 having all the trust in yourself. Then be worried if you think, oh, I'm going to do it. Then be worried because maybe you're trusting too much in your in your own self, in your own um, strength in your in, in in what you can do and not trusting in God. I think it's better when we maybe don't believe that God can use well when we do believe that we are able to do what God has said He wants to do in us, but we take that step of faith, then God will do something mighty, definitely. And um, uh, the the third thing that I see here in Mary, not only did she overcome her fear not only did mary believe in god but also something that i see that happening mary is that mary obeyed god because we can definitely overcome our fears and we can believe god i can believe that he's coming i believe that everything he said he will do but i think one of the hardest things is to obey god when when we obey god i think obeying god is one of the hardest things because it demands action from from you and, and I think God will test us in this. Um, for, for Mary to obey God, again, it meant that she could have been stoned to death. Thankfully, God spoke to Joseph. And, and God had obviously a greater plan than this. But, <clears throat> you know, um, what Mary experienced, you know, even as she obeyed God, she, she experienced some difficulties in her life. You know, being pregnant and being almost ready to give birth and then not finding a place where she will have her baby. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us, but I imagine she felt horribly at that time, you know, emotionally, physically, because it's not an easy thing. It's, it's a difficult thing, especially when you know that the child you're carrying is not an unusual, it's not your child, it's it's a supernatural being that God sent an angel to tell you the name of that child, that God sent an angel to say that this was going to be the savior of the world. I, if I was married, I would have expected God to open the doors in a palace 
God to open the doors in a, in a you know, in a, an amazing place. I was going to be the mom of God's mom. So, you know, I was going to have all the comfort and, and all the luxury when I give birth. But that didn't happen to her. She did not have none of that. And, and you have to think of that as well, because that was also testing her faith. And that was also testing her obedience to God. A little story here. When, when I was pregnant with Grace, she was born on the 22nd of December. And so when I went to the hospital, ready for labor, um, we went in and there was no bed in the hospital, no bed. So I can, I can relate a little bit, a little bit to Mary, not, I didn't, I didn't give birth to, to Grace on a manger, but I can relate a little bit. And it was horrible because, you know, I had, I was in labor pains, you know, I, I, it, was, it was horrible, and there was no bed. And they said, no, you have to wait, you have to wait. And they, you know, they made us a bed in one of the bathrooms, because the bathrooms are so big that they put a bed in there and the bathroom around it. But anyway, that was okay for me, because at least there was a place where I could sit down or, you know, just have some space and not sit on the, on the waiting room. But can you imagine Mary going from one place to another and everybody says, sorry, we have no space, we have no space, no, we have no space, we have no space. And she's in labor pain, she's ready to give birth. She's, she's got a child that, that God said that is the son of God and nobody, nobody's been kind. Nobody's, you know, I don't see God opening doors. And she must have been feeling terribly at that moment. I wouldn't say thankfully, but you know, God provided a place. But I think what, where, where Mary was able to know and to have the certainty that even though she goes through difficulties, that even though there were things that didn't work out the way she wanted it, was probably when the shepherds came. And then when the my guy came and, and brought these amazing gifts, I think that's when she probably got confirmation that actually God, even though I doubted and it was so hard, I know this is, this is you. This is you in my midst, and I won't doubt you again. And I think that's kind of the, the attitude that we need to have. We need to have that attitude of obeying God. And obeying God does not mean that you will not go through trials. Obeying God does not guarantee that you will not go through difficulties. Obeying God does not guarantee that doors will open the way you expect them or how you expect them to open. Because we can see here with Mary where she gave birth where she gave birth, where she had the, the, the savior of the world and everything that she had to go through. You know, I think preparing our hearts this time for the second coming of Jesus will mean different things to each one of us. Definitely one of the things it will mean is that you need to be listening to what God is speaking to us. And you know, right now, everybody is going through difficult times because we're, we're, we're all experiencing this um, uh, surge in, in the electricity and gas prices and, uh, you know, everything else, the, the food has gone up, everything's gone up. And uh, logically, you know, you're still learning the same amount of money and now you're spending more time. So logically, you are worst off, right, in, in the logic. But when we trust God, when we believe that God will not leave us and not forsake us, then in the spiritual, even though I'm still earning the same amount, 
and I am spending maybe more because of the increase, God will bring a provision, supernatural provision. God will do something supernatural because he will not leave you. And even when we go through difficulties, we need to wait. We need to expect. We need to um, know that God will do what he promised he will do. Now, Mary's faith, uh, Mary's, Mary's obedience is seen in her actions, in her faith, that she um, accepted what she could not understand. And she waited patiently. She waited patiently for what God wanted to do. Mary's journey doesn't finish when she gave birth to Jesus. There was still another kind of stage in her life where she saw the savior of the world being killed. And that must not have been a, a, an easy time either for her because she probably wouldn't remember God when, when Jesus was born, I went through difficulties, I experienced this and you showed me your glory with the shepherds. You showed me your glory with, with the Magi when they came. And now my son or, or the savior of the glory is dying. How are you going to show your glory? Maybe she was waiting for angels to appear from heaven. Maybe she was waiting for something to happen, but she didn't see that in the natural. It was obviously later. And what we are experiencing now, the, the, even, even for us, our faith, we, we, none of us has, have met Jesus in the flesh. But we know by faith that he is our savior. We know by faith that he is the one that came to cleanse us. We've had this supernatural encounter with the living God through the Holy Spirit. And that's what make us, makes for us the difference now. You know, our lives, we can definitely have a, a before and after Jesus for our lives. And our lives now, after we had Jesus, after we've met Jesus, should be completely different to what it was before we met Jesus. Not because maybe we are better off financially, not maybe because we are better off in, 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 in you know, like the, the things that the world might say is success, but because we have salvation, but because we have peace, the peace that comes only from God, but because we have the joy that even though in difficulties and in our circumstances that sometimes are not easy, you know, with, with the relationships that we have, might have around us, we can still experience peace and joy. We can experience forgiveness for ourselves. We are able to forgive, not to hold on to anger, not to hold on to resentment, not to hold on to, to, to fear, but being able to let go of all these things and have God's peace in our lives. Amen? Because of our obedience, because we believe in God. I, I really um, want us to, to ask God uh, during this time, Lord, what is it that you want us to either obey, believe, or maybe increase in our faith? Because I, I can assure you something, God wants to use you. Just like he chose Mary, he has chosen you. He has chosen you, have no doubt of that. God has chosen you. God wants to use you in this time. You know, we, we are praying for a revival. We always pray for revival. We're, and, and that is probably like the people of Israel always praying and waiting for the Messiah. Let us not miss the opportunity when revival comes that we, you know, it, it didn't come the way we expected, so this is not from God. No, let us be humble. Let us be ready to receive what God wants to, to how God wants to move because it's up to him how he wants to do it. 
Amen? Amen. So I leave you with that today. It really, it really for me has been seeing um, Mary in, in that light and also comparing it to Bethlehem. I, I hope next time when you hear the town of Bethlehem, you remember it was a small town and in insignificant town that people didn't think much of it. But in that town was a, a special place. And that is just like us. We might, to other people, be insignificant. To other people, we might be nothing. But to God, we are a mighty, strong people that he wants to use. Let's um, pray and let's ask God um, to help us during this week. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you for your precious word. Thank you, Father, because just like Mary, Father, we want to be, we want to have a servant's heart. And we want to come to you this morning and to say, here I am, Lord, may it be done to me according to your word, Lord. Father, help us, Lord, to, to take steps of faith. Help us, Father, to, to trust in the process that you're taking us through. To trust, Father, maybe the, the, the way that you are moving in our lives, Lord, that we will not miss the opportunity, that we will not miss what you want to do in our life in this season, Lord. Father, thank you, Lord, because your provision and your, and your presence, Father, will always be upon us, Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you because we want to be like Paul and be able to say, Father, thank you because I know how to live in abundance and I know how to live when there is lack. I know how to live, Father, in, 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 in the good things and I know, Father, how to live when there, is, there isn't that much, there isn't abundance, Lord. But knowing, Father, that in everything I want to glorify you, Lord. Knowing that in everything I can have peace and joy that only you can give me, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord, that as a church, that as a family, Father, we will be able to grow together and that we won't miss, Father, the revival that is coming, Father. Help us, Father, to, to be ready and open to the way that you want to move in this time, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. 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 Amen.